2: This is Pax. What she said. Now here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: So let's flip it then and talk about the defense because I think underwhelming maybe is a, is a fair way to describe the defense this season. There were so many expectations. They got all of their pieces back. You look at, you know, the contributions that Russell Douglas made last season. Devondre Campbell made All-Pro. So the expectations were really high going into a season where you get your other All-Pro back in Jair Alexander. You have Eric Stokes making. That's what we all assumed would be a second year leap. And then, you know, Rashawn Gary gets injured. Eric Stokes gets injured and lost for the season and everything just kind of shifts for this defense. And they were struggling before the injuries, of course, but I do think that especially the Rashawn Gary injury made this season an uphill battle, you know, from his injury on.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he like really exposed the fact that without him, this Packers team does not have a good pass rush. And, like, it's so funny because I think fans will be really upset if the Packers, like, take an edge early.
1: just going to say that.
2: But they need one. They need oh, yeah. someone beside b- behind Rashawn Gary. And, like, Preston is fine, but Preston is a two. Preston is a number two. Preston plays so much better when somebody else is getting that, like, initial pressure. So, but to, like, back it up a second, like, just to give everyone, like, Underwhelming is like an understatement, I think. I mean, people were picking this defense to be, like you said, top five in the league. They ended points per game, 17th, below average. Yards per play, 28th, PFF grade, 21st, DVOA, 20th, EPA, 20th. That's a bad defense. That's like an objectively bad defense. And when your offense is struggling as much as they were, of course you're going to lose games when that's your defense. And again, like these are, these don't take into account like lots of different factors. There's obviously like variables and situational, etc. And there were definitely times where this defense carried the offense for sure. I will give them that. But again, it was just really poor situational cohesive football, like across the board, across all three phases in the season. So it didn't matter when the defense really was playing At its best, I do hope that this last five weeks is more indicative of what this team can be versus like the earliest part of the season, because I do think this team has way too much talent to be ranking that low in all those statistics. But I don't love hearing that Joe Barry is potentially going to come back. I don't think that he's the answer and I don't think he's maximized his player strengths.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of this season looking at these numbers, like there were bright spots, you know, say what you want about Jair Alexander. You know, he had a career high of five interceptions, 14 passes, defense, Russell Douglas had four picks still. So, and 13 passes defense, you know, these are guys that get their hands on the football. Um, Rudy Ford was kind of a fun find at safety. Not sure if he'll be back. We don't know what the safety room is going to look like at all next season. Guys like Amos will be back, whatever will happen with Darnell Savage. But I thought, to to your point, one of the most telling numbers is that Rashan Gary played in nine games and had six sacks. Preston Smith played in all seventeen games and ended the season with eight and a half sacks. So he had eight extra games to get two and a half sacks, and that just you know you you said it already. But I was gonna come on here in this sex this section of the show and say when the Packers take an edge rusher at fifteenth overall, Twitter is going to implode. But I think that that you know the Rashan Gary injury was an illustration of why. Brian Gutekunst values edge Rusher so much.
2: It's a blue chip position for a reason. It's a take it in the first round often for a reason, because when your pass rush is clicking and working, it trickles back through the entire rest of your defense. And it asks much less of your secondary. It asks much less of your linebackers. Like it's, it's so, so important. And then the Packers have a star. They lost their star. Like, think about if any other team, like, it's like when the Niners lose Bosa, right? And the Chargers lost their Bosa or, like, Dexter Lawrence. Like, It's like any other team has dealt with these kinds of injuries and you see what happens to their defense. It totally changes them. It is a matter of, and this is roster building at its finest, is can you fill that gap? And the answer to the question for the Packers this season was no, you cannot fill like they did not have the talent to fill Rashawn Gary's gap. Now I think JJ and and had a great like rookie season. Like, again, there are certainly like bright spots, but yeah, edge rushes, edge rushes up there. I want to talk about the secondary because like you said, I think there's going to be a lot of changes and you know, safety position was something that we had pointed out that we had hoped they would target this past off season and they didn't. And it backfired on them. I think a little bit, I mean, especially one of their starters got benched. I mean, can we just like think about that objectively? How many other teams do you know that benched one of their starters in the secondary for playing so poorly? So there's a lot of holes that this team is going to need to fill this off season and they don't have the cap space, quite frankly, to do it. And that's why I think there's going to be a lot of overhaul. But their defense is really young. Their young guys look great for the most part. Um, I hope Eric Stokes can come back and kind of rebound from his sophomore slump plus this horribly gruesome injury. But there's a lot to like look forward to. For me, it's just if you don't change the coordinator, you're going to get the same results
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think we kind of talked about this a little bit with the Lions recap, but I think your players burn out as well because they don't want to be the ones that have to keep advocating for change and they don't want to have to be the vocal leaders that are expressing their frustration and then being met with, you know, a response that isn't satisfactory to them. We talked about it with Mike Pettin, you know, as well. And now to hear... You know, Jair say something like, "Hey, I can play man. I can play. I'm a shutdown corner. Let right. me shadow the best right wide receiver." And for that to not be the game plan, and I understand, you know, coach speak as far as we can't let the players dictate everything, or you can't change your entire defense for a player. But we've seen what's working around the rest of the league, and it just feels like the Packers are always so slow to adjust, mm-hmm. and. I know that, you know, I think that a lot of us as fans respect the way that the coaches coach because they do advocate for their players and they go to bat for them and they give second and third chances. But, you know, Amari Rodgers being another example, there's just a lot of moments where it feels like this this is a Packers team on in every phase that makes adjustments too little too late. And you can argue that that's what cost them, you know, their opportunity at the playoffs in 2022.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next point. It was just like, They made adjustments like you have to give Joe Barry credit for that. And Matt LaFleur and the rest of the coaching staff credit for their adjustments, right? Jerry Gray did something to the secondary to make them snap out of it, but it wasn't soon enough. Right. And this is, I think another overarching issue that was exposed this season is I don't think the Packers are like hard enough on their players when they make mistakes. I think there's like something to be said for a very, you know, brotherhood, loving, family oriented, et cetera, et cetera. But like we hear this all the time, which is this is a business and this is a results based business. And quite frankly, the Packers results were poor. And I don't know if there was like enough done mid season to turn that around again, not in the building. They could have tried and it didn't get executed properly. Like that's always a possibility, but it does seem to me like the Necessary decisions that we as fans—and I'm not saying fans are always right—we're 100% not—but we're kind of all like consensusly, an analyst consensusly, like calling for we're done like three to six weeks too late.
1: I think we can give some credit to Brian Gutekunst, of course, for the way that he's drafted. Obviously, you know, taking out some of the boneheaded mistakes Mm -hmm. that Quay Walker made his rookie season. He's going to be very promising as an inside linebacker if he can stay on the field and, you know, clean up some of those mental errors. Devontae Wyatt should have played more. He looked really good in his snaps. So I thought TJ Slayton made a really good jump in his second year. Um, We'll see what happens. I mentioned like Rudy Ford. Justin Hollins was a a midseason find who came in and played really well in spot duty, not appointing him a starter by any means. But, you know, Goody has done such a good job of finding depth pieces And, you know, he always says, like, roster building is 365. It's a a 365-day-a-year endeavor. And I think that, you know, this draft class and the guys that he's brought in to be able to compete are a good example of that. So, hopefully, there's more, you know, to be optimistic about in 2023. But I absolutely agree with you that if you don't change the coordinator, you can kind of expect the same or similar results next season, regardless of, you know, these all pros that you have on the roster.
2: Yeah, totally. So, One phase that did get a change of coordinator that played better was special teams. Now, again, we, there is an asterisk here that the fact that Keyshawn Nixon was on the roster and Amari Rogers was returning. Well, well, we're going to look past that, right? They made their adjustments again, probably like six fumbles too late, but they made their adjustments and look at what we found, right? Keyshawn Nixon is, should have been voted today by the players as an all-pro returner, he is the only player that had over a thousand yards um, of return yards, like just a revelation. And I think in general, the special teams unit was much more cleaned up than we've ever seen before. Granted, there were, you know, a few missed kicks, a block punt here. Now that, that stuff is gonna happen, but just like a night and day overhaul at the position. And I feel comfortable saying like, I am happy that Rich Bisaccia is gonna come back as a special teams coordinator because I would love to see like what he can do building off of this season.
1: I agree one hundred percent. And, you know, you have to think the Packers keep Keyshawn Nixon, whether he plays, you know, a limited role in defense next year. You found your returner. Please don't make any adjustments. Let him be. Um, I think it's fun for Rich Passaccia to have an entire, you know, I guess technically he had an entire offseason with him this past season, but they were still under the amari rogers experiment so giving nixon that opportunity i did think it was kind of interesting um pat o'donnell had two blocked kicks this season which was the most of his entire career he had four blocked kicks in eight years with chicago and then he comes to green bay and has two blocked punts in his first and only season but i agree with you that you know although we do have i think a little bit of like you know, flashbacks whenever we see a blocked punt in Green Bay. The special teams unit didn't make me hold my breath this year like it would right. last year. It wasn't, you know, anything that you felt like was going to completely change the trajectory of a game. I think more of those moments came on offense and defense, which is a credit to Rich Bisaccia and his unit.
0: Totally. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.